0: Welcome in to Somewhat Mobile, an original series from Aptopia, where we talk shop with the best in the game, some of the brightest people in marketing, product, and more, in order to add transparency to the mobile app ecosystem. I'm Adam Blacker, joined by my co-host Madeline Lenahan. Together, we're responsible for all the content and data made publicly available from Aptopia.
1: With us today is Sudev Balakrishnan, Chief Product Officer of Stash. Stash is a personal finance app, making investing simple and making it super easy and affordable for everyday Americans to reach their financial goals and build their wealth. So thanks again for joining us, Sudev.
2: Adam Madeline, thank you for having me on.
1: Awesome, so before we dive into the Stash app, let's learn a little bit more about you, uh, your journey to Stash and how you got your start.
2: That's great, you had a couple of questions in there about me and about my journey to Stash. So let me try to break that apart. Me, uh, if I have to go back into my background, I always tell people this, there is uh, madness. There's a lot of madness in my background, and hopefully by the end of this, uh, there's some uh, uh, sense to this madness. I've lived, so my journey to Stash has traversed four countries. So I've worked in four countries. I'm Canadian right now, the Canada, US, UK, and India. Along that uh, journey, I've also had probably more than six jobs. So I'm a bird with many colors. You could describe me that way. Um, And that's spanned everything from engineering, uh, running e-commerce, merchandising, private equity, strategy consulting. And by accident, I fell into product, total accident. I make no claims for having thought a product is the place to go. But now that I'm in the seat, I love it so much. Um, The journey to Stash specifically when I think about what Stash does, Stash, as you described it as a personal finance app, has a huge mission base to it, is to bring finance to 100 million people who actually need it the most. And the last couple of years, if they haven't been convinced uh, all of us, I'm not sure what will. Literally, there is a need for apps like this to create financial habits and shape people's future. And what got me into Stash, Surprise, so to Stash, I'll tell you how I got here and what I did before, Um, I was in the business of driving consumption. I used to run product for a company called Seamless Grubhub, so many of you might um, give me credit for being hungry and angry. Before that, I used to do uh, e-commerce industry for a company called The Knot, which is the largest wedding brand out here. And prior to that, I used to sell Prada, Gucci kind of bags for a company called Bluefly. So a lot of consumption. The aha moment for me to join Stash was its mission. Uh, I was at a time in my career when I said, "Okay, I know. I think I know what I can do. I can build out product teams. Can I apply them to the right kind of problem?" Was the question. And Stash specifically stood out as saying, "Okay, here's a uh, company with a mission that wants to drive uh, the positive financial habits. Same principles. You have frictionless apps, and you can actually get the services you need." But can you actually drive positive, healthy habits as opposed to the habits that all of us want to avoid, which is binge watching and scrolling infinitely at night and uh, trying to connect to friends at 24 hours a day? Those are the kind of habits that do not actually lead you to better outcomes. So Stash stood out that way. And my journey here, very specifically, when we wanted to build out the product team, all of what I said is my background, which is many carriers, helps me shape out a product team which can be in the core, but almost not be there at all. What I mean by that is, when you think of what the product function does, it's a department that's not really a department. It's created to optimize all the other departments. It's created to build the user and bring the user into the company. So Stash wanted to do that. Not many companies try to do that. There are less than 5% of companies that truly, truly shape their company and organization around this principle. Even though everyone says customer-centric, customer-obsessed, you'll hear all the cliche words, but Stash founders, Ed and Brandon, were two people who really, really had it in their mission. They were people who left Wall Street. And they went on to Main Street and did their tests to start this company. When we met for the first time, I told them, I do not understand finance. <laughs> and they said, that's okay. Do you understand consumers? And I said, yes, I understand consumers. They said, good match. Let's come on.
0: So that's uh, that's super interesting that you – they they enjoyed that, that standpoint and they see how that transfers, uh, to the, to the finance space and their needs for the app. How has your, you know, your unique and different experience, um, does that, do you build differently because of that in terms of the product at stash, because you don't come from a financial background?
2: We, we do have a unique product team. So typical product teams tend to have, um, product managers, and designers and researchers at stash the product team spans product the traditional disciplines which would be product managers design and research but it also has non-traditional disciplines for example data science machine learning and uh, analytics and it also has trading operations inside it what that lets you do is to think of experience from an end-to-end perspective because from a customer's lens customers think about stash as a human They're interacting with a company. We've we've gone into the world where we humanize companies Mm. and we are interacting with Amazon. We're interacting with these are singular things. And uh, to truly make that real, you need to be able to bridge your customer's experience as they go across from the app to maybe your customer service department, your trading operations department. It's one, one experience for the customer, even though you're different departments. So Stash has a unique perspective on how to do that.
0: Um, and you, you guys also have like a you have a low barrier for entry. You've been praised, uh, you know, as an excellent investing app as far as beginners go. I know, you know, your your first tier is just a dollar a month, which um, you know I think other places are essentially you know nine ninety nine a month for for their paid tiers. How you know you said in the beginning it's important for you um, to to help people, and that's what appealed to you about. From a financial standpoint about stash how do you keep stash accessible while simultaneously i'm imagining simultaneously catering to some more advanced
2: users so that's a great question adam um so stash was built on the principle of accessibility and in, it does it started that uh, at, right from the start it was you just need five bucks to start that was it right so you pay a month but you just you can start with five bucks the fractional investing concept really really takes on the barrier to entry to building wealth it's not just and very specifically these words mean certain things you are investing not trading at stash stash has a mission and a principle behind it which is not the same as you want to trade in stocks you want to invest into things that will grow over the future so it made that barrier really low it said okay uh, let's take berkshire hathaway which is a couple of thousand bucks for the class series class C. you can buy five bucks of that and that principle still is in Stash. It started with about 40 things you could put this money into, five bucks into. When it right, and today we can do it with 3,500 things, and you can start with 10 cents if you wanted. So the accessibility part of it was a huge. The second part of accessibility, which I think is Stash's core, and the principle that you you nailed it there. The beginner investor, right? This this that is our core audience. And what this beginner and we look at anything and everything that stops a person from starting. Because truly, at some point, investing tends to turn into a little bit automatic. People put it away and they set it on and they go off. So we need to get people onto there and we look at everything that will stop you from doing that. Accessibility and price was one thing. Guidance and education is huge. Just knowing what you need to do, the next five things you need to do can have a phenomenal effect on people. Now, as you go up the ladder to more advanced uh, demographics and say you want options, you have uh, trading kind of behaviors, stash is not there. And it's a conscious decision for us to say we are living the stash way, which is you want to be diversified into things. You want to be putting money away periodically. You want to be balancing out your purse every month, every week regularly. Those principles might sound boring, but they're time-tested. And that's the difference. So, well-heeled investors, and we've simplified our pricing model for everyone by saying it's one buck a month. That's the first year, all the time. You can stay in that year as long as you want. We'll meet you where you are. There is no uh, fees above b- dollar balances or anything. So, you have more than 5,000. A lot of the traditional financial industry used to be based on as your. Um, the amount of money you have on the platform goes up they start charging you a little bit extra a little bit extra stash is very simple it's a very clear model saying you're paying that a buck a month it's like costco a subscription plan and the rest of it is up to you you can save how much you want according to your ability today so we simplify the investing model would we we can our platform be used by more advanced users they absolutely can if you want to trade which means if you want to dabble in futures, things like that, Stash is not the right platform for you. We're not a trading platform. We are an investing in yourself platform. So
1: I noticed, I mean, you're saying how simple Stash is and how simple the Stash way is. I also noticed right away how clean and simple the actual user interface is when I was in the app. It's just, so well-designed, so easy to navigate. And then obviously you get those questions right up front. You're buttering Um, him up. (laughs) 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 You got to, because genuinely I have a few investment apps on my phone and I really liked the immediate experience going to the Stash app, getting all those questions where I could personalize um, what I was about to see. So my question for you is what feature or functionality within the app is the highest priority or is going to be the highest priority. Um, how do you think of that?
2: Thank you, Mel. I think our team will love that comment. Uh, we work really hard to kind of make this easier and easier every day. And I think the thesis behind our design team's uh, take on this is simplicity, right? They, if they had a yardstick measure for what do they do on a constant basis, is to take it down simple. And uh, just money, handling money, and it happens to just be in very emotive, thing. People have a lot of emotions associated with their money. right? It's a good thing. right? When you actually leverage it well, it's a good thing. Uh, And designing a perfect user experience is always a journey in progress. It's a work in progress forever. From now, five years, 10 years, we'll still be having these conversations. Is there any insight or innovation we could use to actually simplify it further? That said, when we think about features, we have a product strategy that allows us to think what kinds of financial products should we be actually playing with, right? So when you think about how do customers live in their regular life, all of us, including both of you, me or uh, everyone who might be listening to this call, has this problem since we graduated from school. The problem is very simple, it's called adulting. We graduated,
1: <laughs> we, started, that.
2: <laughs> we started getting money and we had to manage it to the best of our capabilities and we had to put it away to our needs to the future. This is a problem that sticks to us for our life, which is why most of us dream about when am I going to be on that beach under that umbrella and have that retirement cash to be able to sit under on that beach forever. Mm-hmm. Now, when you think of that as a human problem and what Stash is designed to do, then you start thinking how to actually build and showcase features. We have a very specific approach. Think about journey-based approach, which is to two parts to it. One is uh, think about activation of someone coming on the platform, which is this person who's coming on a platform, uh, our assumptions of them are they know very little about investing, almost nothing. With those assumptions, what do we want to do and what do we want to present to get them activated into starting investing? And that could be as simple as put $5 away into something simple very quickly. Just experience investing. It's not about you making the perfect investment. It's about simply experience investing. That simplicity has to hit you because... What stops most people from starting is fear. I do not know what I'm doing, right? Stash goes after that fear in a major way to just "Just get started. Build up a little confidence. You won't build Rome in a day. Why don't you just build a local fence, right? And then we can go beyond that. So that's the principles we use to start basic uh, journey steps. And once you get beyond that, you can get access to other things. So another part of our, our portfolio that we just launched is For people who actually do this activity for some time, they might just decide that I want to be investing, but I don't want to be doing this by myself every day, right? So you need to handhold those people. And we have a product called Smart today, Smart Portfolio, which is that you just put money away, we'll auto-balance the entire thing. This is a product that's typically found with very wealthy, high-end clients. So we're offering this at all aspects, but not for the reason of thinking of a demographic as wealthy or non-wealthy, but more because we understand the human part of it. We try to take these customers, bring them into our user research, watch their or their emotions around what they do when they buy, and then we start crafting the experiences for them, right? So uh, that's how we pick features. It's a journey based process to say right at the start, let's get them a little comfortable before they actually do true investing. And we understand key levers that actually make them successful in the market. So putting money away periodically, we call it auto stashing. Mm -hmm. is essential to long-term success. We try to get you to start doing that. So we have features we think fit our brand and our story really well. We try to get them to you. So brand and story is one part of it. Your emotions that you start with, any new experience is one part of it. So I'm meeting both of you for the first time and I'm leaving behind uh, thousands of first impressions. And I have to be super careful of those impressions. That's how we think about the Stash product. As the Stash product being met by someone, they're going to walk away with an impression of what Stash is. It's very critical to us.
0: Awesome. Um, well, I think you're making a, a, a good first impression, but we'll, we'll let you know at the end. <laughs> uh, so let, let's kind of stick on roadmap here. Obviously, like any company, you guys, uh, I'm imagining, create a roadmap, um, places you want to go, things you think you want to build, but... How do external factors impact that? And I know that that can be very wide-ranging, right? It could be um, competition coming out with something different, although I know, you know, from what you've said, I think you and your competition are a little different there, so maybe you're less nervous about that. Um, But, you know, regulation um, in terms of fintechs have a little more uh, scrutiny on them, I would say, today and, and probably tomorrow. Um, or something like a, like a cultural event, like what we saw with Wall Street Bets, um, which maybe that has less of an impact on Stash. But I, yeah, I'd love to know how external events come in and, and how you deal with those or, or whether you don't even look at them.
2: Uh, we absolutely would be like with heads in our sand if we didn't look at external events, to be honest. Um, and by, by that, I, I'll qualify that as you should probably define what kind of events actually impact us. Let's just take COVID for a second, right? The entire macroeconomic environment of COVID uh, has had a harsh um, impact on a lot of people. It has also created possibly one of the best waves for a lot of people to start thinking about their future in very concrete terms. So we have seen massive growth over the last year. Uh, We have about 2.6 billion in assets today. We've seen almost 100% increase in our accounts last year. There was last year, I remember a 60% increase in retirement accounts. People start thinking about their future in a major way when they are posed with hardships. That is, uh, while the story is like an irony, but it is true. So external events have a large impact on the problem space that we are trying to solve, which is managing your own money. Now, when we think about more... Uh, uh, Small, uh, not smaller but I would say uh, a different type of nuance like you mentioned regulation it's huge for us and if you think about why regulation is huge is we took on the personality and the way to say we are a fiduciary we are a registered investment advisor so a lot of people who offer trading do not take on this identity what it does is it puts you in this place where you always have to put your customers first best interests in mind first that is a regulatory requirement for you. And we chose to take on that extra level of uh, scrutiny because that's what the statute believes in. And we watched that very closely because there are things in uh, the, uh, just so this is my first experience with a regulated industry. Mm. Consumerism is is probably uh, on the cutting edge in a lot of industries which have no regulatory landscape associated with them, right? Uh, But the truth is, the human nature of all of those experiences are actually slowly drifting into regulated industries, whether you are in finance, whether you are in healthcare, And we watch, for example, what does social mean in a regulated industry? And I think the regulatory environment is shifting for social, social proof, social testimonials. We watch those kinds of events very carefully. We watch competitive uh, companies to some extent, but our identity is different. We watch more from the lens of saying, are there innovations that can substantially decrease friction for us in terms of peer-to-peer movement, in terms of if we were to gift stock, like are there financial innovations that can lower the um, threshold even further, delight you even more? Those are kinds of events we watch out very carefully for. So I think uh, the P2P revolution is huge. We watch for that. There are some, uh, I would call them, uh, very curveball-like events, like uh, GameStop, things yeah. like that which also come and affect us and that's been by the way a huge positive for us um we've had a lot of interest in uh, generally investing and i'll say that very carefully because a lot of people jump in for uh, the reasons of they don't not, do not know the difference between investing and trading right but they see uh, an activity uh, there is a possibility for them to change their lot in the future by investing and it's the onus is on us to educate them and take them forward, take that enthusiasm and excitement forward into long-term benefits for them, rather than than seeing a short-term trend and then that fizzling out. So we take, uh, it's been a positive, we had a huge uh, jumps on in that period of customers coming to us and saying, we would love to stash, we'd like to understand what this is, Uh, tell us more, teach us more, guide us more. So we definitely have taken on customers in that period that's that's. These are all things that affect us. The whole financial industry is, is in a disruptive phase where for the first time, customers have options and they're voting with their feet, not in the physical space in the virtual world and saying, I'm not going to my local financial services provider on the, on the main street where I live. I'm actually going on to a digital provider that resembles me as a person, gets me as a person. So that's where Stash, identity we are leaning on very heavily to say we are we have four trading windows a day we are we may look slow and boring but our time tested formula will probably give you much better chances of building wealth over the long term so that's that's what we are we believe in that
1: stash is clearly thinking with an innovative mindset here so is there anything you can tease out for what's to come about stash or anything you can share about stash's future
2: um definitely so i think. When you think about this primary problem space we've entered in, um, I worked long enough to product to understand that sometimes the depth of attention you pay to a problem is as important as the depth or the breadth of attention you pay to it. Now, the financial industry is broad. It's got like a gazillion financial products in it, which you can throw at consumers and say, hey, I can build a massive ecosystem of things. We have taken a conscious choice this year to not build much at all. Mm -hmm. We've actually doubled and tripled on back in terms of depth as saying, let's get to the experiences that truly, truly give the maximum empowerment, the maximum comfort, and the maximum chances of success for our customers. So in terms of our innovation, the big one this year for us was to complete our ecosystem. Now, if you think about getting people onto investing, it's like teaching people a new language. We wouldn't be very f- different from a language app, to be honest, because people understand their real life, and uh, they do not understand Wall Street very well. They, you, uh, you guys
0: should uh, do a an integration with Investopedia. Investopedia, I found, is super helpful.
2: I, I, I you're absolutely on the dot. Right? Well, like I think you need to teach people, get them over this bridge to a new world. So, what we did first was we did this thing, uh, we call it the stock pack card, which is as you could be living your regular life. And we've given out, I think, about 24 million worth of these rewards. So let's assume you just go out to Wall Street. Uh, So you go to Walmart and you buy something in Walmart. Maybe you bought a kid a bike, right? Immediately you get hit with this notification which says that the place that you just bought something at is actually a stock. It has a parallel universe. Now, if you repeat that while ordering cardboard from Amazon, or if you uh, you go to Starbucks and drink a latte, you keep doing that, People are building up a vocabulary in their mind for what Wall Street is. And at the right time, they can shift and jump into it. Now, what happens is a lot of people come in to investing, typically using something like a tip from a friend. A friend told them that Tesla is hot or something of that nature. Uh, And they have a sense of sometimes with all humans, you have the sense of a need for control. And how do I want to get this? I want to actually have full control and choice in doing this. The beauty of, I think, what we have built in our platform is that you could say... Okay, to get you started, you need this phenomenal need for choice and control. So you can have 3,500 things from which you can pick, five bucks, start with, you can start experiencing it. Our innovation this year was the the bit of saying, okay, once you're beyond your need for choice and control and you build your trust system, are you going to continue pursuing this activity by yourself or do you want us to just do this for you so that you can just build your wealth and you can actually just live life? And a lot of our customers, may choose to move to that model. So SMART, which is our latest uh, innovation, has been around just that problem saying, what's the best possible uh, investment uh, thesis you could have, which is a self-balancing portfolio. You just put in money and you walk away. And part of you may be, I have some money I want to dabble with. A friend still tells me that something about it. So now we have a combination pack which gives you control and choice. So when we think about innovation, it has a lot to do with creating credible strategies which are very linear, very simple, and at depth. Uh, Now, we will deepen our stack into making sure what I mentioned the earlier problem is managing your uh, day-to-day expenses to make sure you have leftover money. Like you, if you go wild on Friday night, you're not going to have much leftover to go into investing. That's just life. So we want to make sure we actually can help you a little earlier, not actually ahead. Because we uh, day-to-day, if life gets you, then you won't be able to cross the world into investing in yourself, and that's definitely a huge problem we want to actually solve for our customers.
0: I think there's been a few less uh, wild Friday nights lately, so maybe people are being good investors.
2: <laughs> that is that is true. It's, it's it's in our numbers. We can see the appetite for savings uh, going up, which yeah. is. I, I think you're right. People are the disposable money is finding a good spot, and it'll but it'll come back. It'll come back
0: for sure. For sure uh madeline do you have anything else uh before we get into our uh our fun question
1: no i think i'm ready for the fun question for sure i just i think yeah. i want to warn stash and everyone that i think we're going to deplete our bank accounts this summer once everyone's vaccinated <laughs> <laughs> i'm very fearful of this for myself so i should definitely you know get more active on the app
0: um okay so i i have a um a hypothesis of what your answer will be to this actually because i know from on on our side um our our product department is very organized and so i wanted to um ask you the question do you make your bed every day and if so
2: why or why not uh, i i do so the answer to this i absolutely i have two daughters and the principle of like, if you ever want to teach your kids anything, you better be doing this yourself, Was mm-hmm. not, is not lost on me. So I try to be the father who I can, can actually tell my daughter that you need to make your bed. And it's a precondition for me to make my own bed. <laughs> I, I think that has definitely been a long term. And I, 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 this, I've lived all my life with women. So I was raised by my mother and sister, and I'm surrounded by my wife and my two daughters. So I think it, there is a flow towards me to actually make me a better person. And I follow that.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Um, I imagine D- David Katz is our is our product director, and I imagine he makes his bed every morning. But I, I don't like know. I should makes ask
1: his him. Bed, yeah, he's a yeah. he's a bed maker for sure. Uh,
0: I, I'm a little more disorganized. I I do not. What about you, Madeline?
1: Um, not really. I mean, I I had set that as a goal at one point. Um, but I, I don't. You know what it is i don't think my dad stuck to it so <laughs> that's that but he is also definitely a better person because he is cursed by women and in his eyes all girls and uh,
2: it's lucky it's not, it's not cursed. it's lucky <laughs> yeah
1: he says he's learned a lot so yeah that, that's, that's great keep making that bed
2: <laughs> excellent
0: well uh Sudev, thank you for stopping by appreciate your your insights and uh your your, uh, you left a good impression on us, so we, we would have you back
2: another time in the future. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Madeline. For
1: sure. Thank
2: you. This is it. What? Lucini pouring from the sky. Let's get rich. What? The G key finds the sugar dance. Can't quit. What? Now pop the cor-